should we should we jump into it? Let's do it. All right. Well, I could kick us off. All right. Welcome back to a serious series of utmost importance. The series. Uh, I am one host on this series. My name is Tom. But Tom, what is your last name? As we established last episode, <laughs> you'll just have to listen last time to get all my personal information that you'd need to steal my identity. And Tom's social is. <laughs> uh, I'm Neil. I'm one of the other hosts. Um, well, actually, the only other host for this episode. Thanks for joining, Neil. Thank you for having me, Tom. And uh, this series, this is a series part of a bigger series of top albums. Series part two. Seriesception. Yeah, part two theoretically of um, an infinite amount of parts we could do. We could go back if we're going every ten years through recorded history. <laughs> we could go back a really long time. I mean, would it be infinite? Like at some point, I guess there's bird songs, you know. Yeah, and and I guess if there, well, this is getting philosophical. If there was no one around or no creature around to hear the formation of the planet, mm. would that have even made noise? Good point. And also, when the planet was formed, did they record it into an album? that we could listen to because I think we have to as we album. So maybe so it's maybe, not infinite. So maybe we go back to the fifties or the sixties. Yeah. And that's right. So today what is the decade that we're covering? Alright, so last week we covered twenty twenties. This week we're covering the twenty tens. Starting and from twenty ten to twenty nineteen. And this one is gonna be harder because the last episode we had what, January 1st, 2020 to October yep. 2022 to cover. And I yeah. still thought there were a lot of good albums in that time. Yeah. Well, I, I thought there weren't. But actually, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I just have, didn't know enough. So it was hard for me in that sense. I didn't even come up with 10. But your point is, this time, there's way more than 10 that we could have picked. Yeah, there's there's probably hundreds that we could have picked, and it was really hard for me to narrow it down to ten. And I'm not sure yeah. if I am confident in my choices, but it's what I'm going with no. right now. I agree. I mean, there were also a few albums, like certain artists that had a couple albums that I liked, but I just tried to narrow it down to one per artist. Um, so it wouldn't get too, too weighted. I think that's a good philosophy, but I think sometimes it would be okay to have multiple artists for, uh, for any given decade, depending on how yeah. prolific they were. But yeah. I also actually don't think I have any duplicates this time around. Right. And I guess the other thing is people in their teenage to 20s like for music and for a lot of things that's where they like you know form their tastes right like yeah during those years you're really open to a lot of stuff and then once you're past that 
you start to crystallize and you're less open to new experiences, including music. So there's right? probably something, yeah, yeah. There's probably something to that in terms of brain development. I think there um, is, but I, I think I'm still I'm still open to new music, but um, I think for the most part I'm not I'm not like even the albums that I'm listening to these days that I'm really liking, they're not found foundational or formational to my, uh, yeah. to my tastes anymore. So I definitely agree in that. I would also say part of it is just, um, your, your location and like who you're around. Like if you're in college for me, I had a lot of different people who would intro like you got you and, Jake and others would be like, hey, check this out. And that's kind of narrowed to, like, you're just less surrounded by people who are putting cool music your way. That's how I've found it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think actually... have narrowed. To that point, I think some of the music that I'm liking these days is still introduced by by people, um, but it's it's a different genre than I would have gone to on my own. So like right. uh, I'm listening to a lot more EDM these days, and I think that's just because a lot of my friends have have, uh, have gotten more into EDM and and going to concerts like that and stuff, and so it becomes more of a social experience. And yeah, but then I really like those songs, so I don't know. You know, I've also now we're on a tangent, but I think it's interesting. Like, I think a lot of people really gravitate towards one big genre when they're young and then a lot of times you reach kind of like a saturation point and then you start going and exploring new genres right that that's a good point yeah it's not like you've totally given up on it but i think you know you start to just branch out and try new things like so edm right yeah um (laughs) i've also i don't for me it's like weird random stuff like a little bit of jazz a little bit of like latin music a little bit of like african music and but there's still like indie rock you know yeah but it's less center stage yeah well i'd say also there was a current for me probably in my foundational years of a little bit of electronic stuff and that sort of just picked right. up more and maybe now the indie rock which i listened to a lot more in 2010s it's just not as uh, I can't tell if it's not as good, or if if it it all is just sort of sounding like what's come before because I've listened to so much of it and it really takes yeah. uh, like a new approach or a, a new uh, a new voice to to get me excited about that genre right now. Yeah, it's a good question. I think that's the age old question, right? Like, is Did the, the music, music worse, or <laughs> that I just old it's probably the latter it's probably but anyway both the point is this decade is this decade is probably the number one for both of us in terms of uh influence and kind of crystallizing our favorite music i would say this and probably 2000s are yeah you know 1a and 1b kind of thing yeah i agree 
And so with that, let's jump into our respective top tens of the 2010s. In, in, and I, I should add this again, this is in oh, no yeah. particular order. These are not ranked yes. 1 through 10. Too they hard. are just 10 great albums. It's too hard to rank them. Yeah. You want to kick it off? Yeah. All right. My first one... Uh, my first one here is the seminal album from Big Boy. Uh, one of the... One half of Outcast. Uh, this is his debut solo album. It's called Sir Lucius Leftfoot, the Son of Chico Dusty. I see. Um, who is Sir Lucius Leftfoot? So Sir Lucius Leftfoot is uh, the pseudonym of Big Boy. Uh, he's Lucius. Uh, he's Lucius, kind of like Luscious. I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, I don't know why he is Leftfoot. I really don't. Maybe he's a left-handed guy and also left-footed. But Chico Dusty is, as you might guess, his father. Oh. He's the son of Chico Dusty. This makes sense. Uh, anyway, this was, uh, this is, I guess, a good way to start because it was released in 2010, so right at the beginning of the, al- uh, the decade that we're covering. It's a really good album. It's like you know, top to bottom, really solid hip hop album. It's just fun. It's not meant to be, you know, particularly deep or anything. It's just like, you know, good songs to groove to, and a lot of them are funny. Um, good featured guests. Um,. Yeah, I think it's really good. I think it's as good, if not better, than any Outkast album, in my opinion. Did is Outkast still together? Uh, I don't think they. I don't know if they officially broke up, but I mean they haven't done anything in like twenty years. Because this was think, this was Big Boy's first solo album, right? Yeah, and he's only done solo stuff since then. I don't think Andre Three Thousand even does. He doesn't record music anymore. Hmm. As far as I know. Um, it would be awesome if they did a reunion. That would be really cool. But um, <clears throat> have you listened to this album? I have not, and I, I don't think I've ever actually heard of it until looking at this list. But I'm, I'm reading a little bit about it right now, and it sounds like there was a lot of drama leading up to it. Like a lot of label stuff. Yeah, I think it was delayed for a, for a while. It took... Hmm. It kind of got stuck. Um, but it ended up... Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. Uh, I'll just highlight a few great songs. Uh, one is, of course, the... Uh, not really the intro, but the first non-intro song, Daddy Fat Sax. Great. That's his other... Uh, his other nickname is Daddy Fat Sax. <laughs> um... So that's a great one. I mean, Hustle Blood, Can't Go Wrong, featuring Jamie Foxx. Uh, Shine Blockers, featuring Gucci Mane. Amazing. There's a lot of uh, featured people in this. Yeah. Shine Blockers, uh, funny story. A couple months ago, 
I got dinner with my sister up in the Bay Area and one of her friends dropped her off. And this guy got out of the car and was like, Hey, Shine Blockers, what up, man? I was like, what? And he's like, I know you really like that song. I got a tattoo on my arm that says Shine Blockers. Oh my god. Well, I don't, I don't like it that much, but... Did he get it to impress uh, you? I think so. Did he was work? a cool guy. I liked it. Yeah, it did impress me. It worked. Me. Yeah. George um, Clinton is on this album. Janelle yeah. Monet also. Yeah. Those are all great songs, yeah. So Janelle Monae, George Clinton, Jamie Foxx, um, <laughs> Gucci Mane. Um, theme songs, also a good one. Shout uh, shout out to... It's 2010s, but really this kind of ties back to the 2000s. It's about um, setting a ringtone for your cell phone for certain people. <laughs> so you got your very own theme song on the cell phone. I don't know. It's a great album. It's just fun. You can put it on any time. It's just fun. That's it. Has he uh, has he come out with more albums since this, Big Boy? Yeah, he has. Uh, there's a couple... So the one after this, I didn't really listen to. It was... You might find it interesting. It didn't... wasn't well... Super well received. But he... It was called Vicious Lies and Dangerous Rumors. He actually brought in some more (coughs) indie artists to feature um so that included like fantagram little dragon and waves which is really random so our friend jake really liked the song featuring waves uh called shoes for running although it wasn't (laughs) not a very good uh album but um there's another good Album by him, uh, Boomiverse, also good, 2017, kind of back to more the vibe of this first album, so I recommend that one too. Interesting. I didn't know that Big Boy had such a prolific solo career. Yeah, he's good. Interesting. Um, By the way, you asked about the title, here's what Wikipedia has to say. And this is the last point. So the album title is derived from Big Boy's longtime moniker, Sir Lucius Leftfoot. In several interviews, he has explained part of its reference to Southern slang phrase, getting out the good foot, which is, while while describing the entire moniker as an indication of maturity, noting it as my real grown man persona, and like my Luke Skywalker becoming a Jedi persona. I'm... I'm just really serious about my craft. I've mastered it. I've skilled at it. I take pride in making music. So that totally makes sense, right? Sir Lucius left foot, just like Luke Skywalker becoming a Jedi. Goddamn. Um, That's profound. <laughs> so there you go. Um, anyway, that's it. I, I, I highly recommend giving this a listen. I will, and, I will probably check it out. Yeah. But I may... I may have to try all of his stuff. You know, I might have to sample all of Big Boy, not just Lucius Left Foot. Yeah, Chico Dusty, uh, Daddy Fat Sacks, whatever you want. Um, yeah, B-I-G, B-O-I, you know. Here, here's a question. If you had to get a yeah. tattoo of one of his names, <laughs> what would it be? Of one of his names? Yeah, on your forehead. Def- 
Definitely daddy fat sacks. Nice. Um, cool. I will check it out. All right. So that's what I got. What about you, number 10? Number 10. I'm, uh, I'm going to start at the top of my list Oops. with The Gorillas. Their album, their third album, Plastic Beach, came out on March 3rd, 2010. And oh, nice. I think this is the best, this is peak gorillas. Um, It's not that they have been, yeah, it's not that they were not good before this. I think probably their their most well-known hit was before this with uh, Feel Good Inc. And it's not that they haven't been good after this. But this is, uh, for me, you know, the top of the gorillas concept, uh, both in Hmm. terms of their concept and their music. So conceptually gorillas are, uh, are Damon Albarn's, uh, projects and they're a cartoon band. (laughs) And they, the story of the cartoon band, uh, it, it had like an arc sort of, and each album was a different concept album and they would sort of be doing different things. And this album is the band moves to an island made of trash in the Pacific Ocean. Uh. And that's what Plastic Beach is. (laughs) And uh, after this, they stopped doing that so much. There was a long, I think there was a long break between albums after, after, after this, I forget what it was. They did um, Humans, maybe, but it was a really long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was... Oh, wait, there there might be one between that. They did... Uh, oh, well, The Fall doesn't really count. That was uh, that was recorded on an iPad when they were on tour for the Plastic Beach album. But oh, so, wow. so I'd say that Humans is their next proper album, and that's seven years later. And that really doesn't have uh, as much of a concept. It's sort of just... Uh, well, the concept is a party at the end of the world, but it doesn't really fit in with the idea that there is a, a story of this band... So, Plastic Beach was, for me, their last great concept album. And then mm-hmm. the music is just, it's really, really good. It's really uh, solid gorillas. I don't know if it's considered one of their uh, one of their signature albums. But again, mm-hmm. just probably because of the time that it came out, it's, for me, their signature album. Interesting. I'll admit, I've never listened to this album. I know... The previous two albums pretty reasonably well um like demon days and gorillas those are great those are great but i'm looking at this and like kind of like what we were talking about before like just looking at the featured artists is pretty amazing and also just such a wide yeah breadth of like so it goes from like snoop dogg to lou reed <laughs> yeah. and I mean, De La Soul's in pretty much all of their albums. Yeah. De La Soul is, uh, to me, they're, they're sort of just like unofficially part of Gorillaz. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Snoop Dogg is on uh, probably the proper intro track, which is Welcome to the World of the Plastic Beach. And it's just, <laughs> it's just almost entirely Snoop Dogg rapping over like a lo-fi beat. And the music video nice. is him dressed as a pirate, just <laughs> with like a telescope being like, Welcome to the World of the Plastic Beach. <laughs> And um, Stylo is Most Def and Bobby Womack. 
the music video for that is uh, features Bruce Willis, Taylor Soul, uh, you know Lou Reed, like you already said. But it, it's just a, a you know from start to finish has a good concept, has catchy songs, and I wish I kind of wish that they would go back to. Um, to concept albums, but also I don't know. Humans was okay. They have uh, they had another one recently, which was called Song Machines, mm-hmm. and I guess it must be hard to like keep up that shtick for twenty years. So I get why they moved away from it. And it looks like they're coming out with another album next year. Yeah, they after after two thousand seventeen, I think something kicked in Damon Albarn where he was like, I, I kind of enjoy the Gorillas again. Interesting. So, and he has been talking about doing a sequel to Plastic Beach, but I don't know if that's oh. gonna, I don't know if that's gonna ever come into play. Well, this next album's called Cracker Island, so that could oh, maybe. I mean, it sounds like it. It's possible. Let me see Cracker Island. Oh, this uh, is the uh, this is the the one that has Thundercat. I gotcha. Ooh, that sounds good. So you really like this one more than their other albums? I do, yeah. This is this is their best album, in my opinion. Wow, alright. I'll check it out. I'm going to make a playlist specifically for each of these decades. Ooh, Bad we Bunny. we can share it with Beck. our listeners. Yeah, Bad Bunny and Beck are on Cracker Island. That's and awesome. then uh, the song that already came out has uh, Kevin Parker from Tame Impala on it. That's a really good Holy song, crap. actually. Yeah, no, that's that's one of the that's one of their better songs. Damn. Oh. You know, you know th- is- this might you you might be right. This might be like a spiritual sequel. They said the path to Cracker Island isn't easy to find because it's underwater. Well, that's the <laughs> that's the cartoon character Two D, who is the lead singer of the Gorillas, and then the bassist Murdoch said. The hallowed tones of Cracker Island will soundtrack our collective ascension into the new dimension. I think I, I think I'm gonna like this album. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Wait, so also, Plastic Beach. Where is it? There's a song called Plastic Beach, right? There is, yeah. So also, the guys from The Clash are on this. Oh really? Yeah, Mick Jones and Paul Simonon or whatever. Um, oh, but they're also they're just playing music. But whatever, that's cool. Yeah, he like Gorillas is cool because they can really walk the line between rock and hip hop and gather amazing artists from both, and not just hip hop, but like R and B, right? Yeah. Um, like Bobby Womack, right? So yeah. So awesome. I've read I've read interviews with Damon Albarn, and again, he's been doing this for so long that I, I think to make anything that actually has any feeling, he has to be something that it's that he's excited about. And he said that on humans, one of the things he was doing was just working with uh, with artists that he thought would impress his daughter that he would collaborate that he had collaborated with. So maybe yeah. that's why it wasn't a- as impressive to me, but I think now he's probably moving back more towards working 
with people that uh, musically he vibes with. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, Humans was... It's interesting, but it's a lot of modern hip-hop. Yeah, and, and nothing wrong with that, but also it's a lot less Damon Albarn actually singing on any right. of his songs. It's, oh, it's a lot more like a... Like a col- what's the word? Like, he's the producer, and these are all yeah. the songs of the other people, rather than he's... Rather than they're his songs that feature other people. Yep. Interesting. All right, I'm going to check this out. Cool. Um, next on your side? All right, next on my side is Strange Mercy by St. Vincent. So this is one that was hard. Um, there were, like, a lot of... Uh, there were at least two, maybe three good albums that she came out with. Maybe four in the 2010s. <laughs> But I picked this one because it was the first one I really listened to. Um, I think this came out. And then it's when St. Vincent uh, came onto my radar. It's interesting. So this one, I feel like she had kind of like two breakouts. One was this, where it kind of bumped her from you know, underground indie to, you know, like a, not mainstream, but like a kind of middle of the road indie uh, yeah. act, like someone who'd play at 930 Club or something. And then Actually, the second, I didn't know that she had albums before this. I'm not a huge St. Vincent fan, but this album. I yeah. Know. The other ones are good. They're very different. Um, this also is kind of like a turning point where she, I feel like kind of changed her style and has kind of you know, continued on that path since Strange Mercy. Anyway, her sec- the next album after this, St. Vincent, I think kind of blew her up more to, like, mainstream indie, which is kind of hard to define, but she was like, or maybe better to say, that be- made her one of the big stars of indie rock. The next album after Strange Mercy was St. Vincent? Uh, yes, I think so. According to Wikipedia, it is Love This Giant, a studio studio album made in collaboration with David Byrne. Yes, so that's true. Um, So her her next solo St. Vincent was St. Vincent, but she did do an album with David Byrne, which is decent. That's how I got into Talking Heads. Oh, really? And so, yeah, I I was already a St. Vincent fan. And then she did this album with David Byrne, and I was like, I'll listen to Talking Heads. And then they... Talking Heads came one of my favorite bands. But um, anyway, St. Vincent... I mean, sorry, Strange Mercy, great album. So 2011, unintentionally, we're doing this kind of in chronological order, (laughs) which is cool. And I wish I had arranged it that way. It's a good way to do it. it's a really good album, of course, goes without saying. Um, I think you were saying you didn't know she had albums before this. Yeah. It felt like before this, um, she had interesting kind of experimental music, but it was less, uh, you know, with this album, it was more a little more electronic or 
not electronic, but just like overdriven guitar, kind of a rougher sound. Like the other ones are all beautiful and kind of, I think there were like string orchestras and stuff like that. And this Mm -hmm. went away from all that and was like a lot more, you know, rough and kind of modern. So it was really good. Um, so St. Vincent is actually one person. Just a little background. Her name is Annie Clark. Um, she's a great musician from, I think from like Texas or something. Oh, really? I just uh, assumed she yeah. was British. I don't know why. No, she's not. She's American. Uh, she was a member of Sufjan Stevens' touring band <laughs> before she did her own thing. She makes um, guitars too, right? I don't know, but that seems like something she would do. I thought that um, back in the day, I remember uh, that there was a St. Vincent collaboration with Fender, maybe? Oh. Oh, no. Ernie, I believe it. I mean, Ernie Ball. It's a, it's a signature electric guitar. That looks pretty cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. If I played guitar, I would get this. Yeah. Um, on this album, wait, let me go back on this album, the number one song, like the big hit, if you want to call it that is cruel. So if you want to start somewhere, start there. Um, but I actually think you would really like this album. I do like this. I think it goes, oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll also add. One of the best concerts I ever went to, I would say top five, was St. Vincent. I think it was after the next album. But, you know, she played a lot of songs from this one, too. I think I saw her on that tour as well. Um, Really? Well, I again, not a huge, like, just St. Vincent fan, but I think I saw her at a festival. And she Uh, was playing some stuff from, uh, from this, and I remember hearing Cruel. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's good. Is, the album is cover st- is kind of weird. Is she still good? Does she still come out with good stuff? I would. I'm not gonna say she's not good. I didn't really like her last album. I thought after that, like so, following Stranger Mercy, Saint Vincent is also really good. Mm-hmm. Mass Seduction. Don't like it as much, but it's solid it's really it's good um the newest one is daddy's home i wasn't as it was kind of a departure musically um not not too into it to be honest it was okay which album has birth in reverse saint vincent okay that's that's one of my favorite songs verse. That and Cruel, I think, are the... Oh, and Rattlesnake. That all might be St. Vincent. Yeah. No, Cruel is this one, but the others, yes. Um, also good from this album, Chloe in the Afternoon. Uh, what else would you like? I think you'd like maybe Year of the Tiger. See, I'm looking at the track list of St. Vincent, the album, versus the track list of, uh, of this album, and I think 
Saint Vincent the album is the one that I've actually listened to the most now now that I'm looking at them together. Yeah. That makes sense. Digital Witness. I prefer your love. But this is also probably where I stopped listening to Saint Vincent after this album. <laughs> yeah. Now I'd recommend go through this first one. Um there's a good mix of you know, more like high energy songs and like slower songs that are also good. Yeah. Cool. I will check it out. All right. Uh, next on my list, if we're done, are we done with St. Vincent? Yeah. All right. Next I have LCD sound system. This is happening. Ooh. All right. Also, this was also, on honorable <laughs> mention for my, Oh, was it? Yeah. This is this was May seventeenth, two thousand ten. Um, it was. What? How can this be an honorable mention? This is like the LCD Sound System album. It was hard. It was really hard. They were probably like that. eleven. I get that. So, um, before before any. Um, James Murphyness of everything. James Murphy being the lead singer of uh, LCD Sound System. He's kind of he's kind of an interesting guy. He made this album, and then I think in what 2013 or 2014, he may have announced like a farewell tour for LCD Sound System. Had a big show at uh, in New York City. Put out yeah. a live album, and everyone was like, "Wow, that's it. That's it for James Murphy and LCD Sound <laughs> System." They the the flame that burns twice as bright uh, goes out twice as quick or something like that and then yes, five yes. years later he comes out with another album and everyone who went to who, who spent hundreds of dollars on that goodbye concert was pissed um, that that album is okay uh, American Dreams I think it's called it's um, but uh, but this album this was this was everything that that you could ask for out of uh, out of like a hybrid indie rock and electronica, I think. Yep. Group. So every song on this ha- uh, is is interesting. I don't know if every song on this is good, but hmm. Dance Yourself Clean, probably one of the best songs I've ever heard still. It's nine minutes, and then that first half is just this... What is it about James Murphy? Um, so, so he just sounds like a little like a sad dude at, at points, yeah. and then so he, this first half of this is just him sounding like a sad guy mumbling to himself a little bit, and then the the beat drops and the music really kicks into high gear because before it was just sort of drums and him mumbling to himself, and then. I don't even I don't know what instrument it is, but it goes like dun 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 dun, dun. and uh, you have to turn the volume up whenever that happens, and just let let that second half of the song carry you. It's just such a ride. I will say I 100 percent agree with everything you said, but to play devil's advocate, is the first half of the song <laughs> even good? Like if it ended. If it ended before the <laughs> drop, it wouldn't be a good song. Okay, yes, of course. I, I w- it wouldn't be a good song, but... But, uh, that, but I know. It, it's all yeah. part of it. 
It's like a movie. You the first yeah. half of uh, if it's, you if you just watch the first half of um, I don't know, Dark Knight. <laughs> no, that was still pretty. You have to do the, the whole half. thing. Yeah. So as a piece, it's like a murder mystery. Fa- yes, this is one of my favorite musical pieces. I will sec- second counterpoint. It's hard to if you don't like it on your own. It's hard to be like, hey, check this song out. And then it's five minutes of him mumbling. They're like, wait, what is this? Just wait, just wait. Well, his mumbling speaks to you. And I think, for me, that the mumbling hooked me in. And I was like, okay, this is kind of like a weird guy doing some poetry over like a loose beat, whatever. I'll probably listen to this one time. I'm not going to listen to this again. Let's see what else the album has. But then you keep listening, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah. This guy, he did poetry, and then he did some other stuff. Yeah. No, it is amazing. Um, why does it? Why is it just YR for your... I've actually... Yourself? I've never thought about that. <laughs> Dance yourself clean. Isn't there... Wait, I'm trying to... There's also Your City's a Sucker. <laughs> Similar YR. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, is, that, is that on American Dream? Or is no, that on this that's album? from their first album. LC Sound System. American Dream. Wow, American Dream came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. thought it was later. No, it's been a while. Um, okay, it doesn't, it doesn't make the top ten. Change your mind, yeah, it does that. Alright, so I guess that's his thing. Maybe he just doesn't know how to spell and no one's ever corrected him. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's on American Dream. Um, How Do You Sleep is a very similar... uh, This is on American Dream as well. How Do You Sleep sort of takes the Dance Yourself Clean model and it's sort of slower and then has a beat drop. And it's pretty good, but it's not as good as Dance Yourself Clean. And then the music video for this is... um, is the Muppets. I don't think I've ever seen the music video. It's Kermit in New York City just sort of mumbling on that first part. And then, oh, man. And then when, when the beat drops, Kermit goes like starts flailing, and then it's, it's pretty awesome. The rest of the songs in this album, still pretty good, but I don't know if they are uh, as good. I Can Change, You Wanted a Hit, Home. Those are good. Pow, Those pow. are amazing. Pow pow. Wanted to get your thoughts on drunk girls. It's grown on me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the wrong answer. I it's, uh, it's an interesting song because on its own, the it it probably sounds. the The first half of it is is odd if you're listening to it in 2022, and it is it about taking advantage of drunk girls or is it just about like the behavior of drunk girls. I was not about taking advantage of drunk girls. And so it's just about the behavior. And then but the second half sort of like flips it and then talks about drunk boys. So if you list if you just go based on the title, it's like a weirdish song. If you listen to the whole thing, it's still kind of a weird song, but it's yeah, less weird it than you would think. It's not like villainous. Yeah. 
But I don't think that this... I, I feel like something about this song... I haven't thought about it too much, but something about this song probably wouldn't fly if it was released today. I agree. And also, you need to be careful about being like, hey, check out this song. It's amazing. <laughs> we say it too. Which I don't think it's amazing either way. It's like... It's, 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 the, it's one of the weaker songs on the album. But it's, it's, uh, it's still a good song. Yeah. Yeah, this does have some highs and lows. Yeah. The album. The but highs as, are very high. Yeah. As a as an introduction to uh to L C D sound system, I, I think it's a great introduction if you haven't listened to them. I agree. And I, I think it is my favorite album. Yeah. I feel like all their albums have some songs I'm just like I don't really like it. Yeah. But others are amazing. They haven't had a perfect album. They probably never no. will. He's not a perfect no. guy. After this, I think he That's just right. started a wine shop in uh, in New York City for a while. Yeah. Is he kind of a jerk? Yeah. yeah. He seems like I it. mean, I've never met him. This is based on secondhand accounts. Yeah, he seems like kind of a jerk. So Speaking how would you how would you have felt if... Uh, if I went to that concert? Yeah. I would have been pissed off probably when American Dream came out. But but, but you was, it doesn't change having doesn't. a great time at the concert. No, but I think part of the, the long goodbye concert, the selling point was this is the final LCD sound system performance, at least for a while. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and like maybe maybe they'll reunite in like 15 years or something like a lot of bands do. They came out with another album within like five years, I think, which is the normal <laughs> album like, cycle for yeah for a lot of groups. So in that sense, I think a lot of people felt ripped off that right. they had like paid so much money for what they thought was a limited time experience, and then it was turned out to just be like you know a nice concert, but yeah, not not what they perhaps had bought. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Also, looking at pictures of him, just like, uh, he doesn't really, he's got the white beard, it's kind of like white and brown, like, you know, he's graying, Yeah. and his chest hair really <laughs> continues into his beard, like, there's no real delineation. Um, speaking of people who are probably jerks, do you want to do yes. the next one on your list? I do. Uh, alright, next one... No doubt it's a top tenor. Uh, so it's Kanye West. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy. So also 2010. So I'm going to try to keep <laughs> early part first. Uh, this is definitely his best album. In my opinion. Um, it was kind of a turning point uh, in two ways. One, I think his music before generally not completely but generally was more sampling you know r&b and stuff like that um r&b funk that kind of music not completely i know there's like 808 and heartbeats so maybe that's not totally true and then from here on he kind of went more electronic sampling and stuff like that yeah uh the second turning point is all his other albums, mostly, 
were getting better, and then this is the peak, and then they yeah. started getting worse and worse, like each one. I think Yeezus was still okay. After that, it's all been pretty much crap. Yeah. Uh, this is so amazing album. It's long. It's like over an hour. It's almost 70 minutes. Uh, it's really long, but it's great. I mean, uh, it's him. It's It's like the perfect moment also where he's kind of vulnerable admitting and admitting that he's a a jerk like a jackass but he is still coherent enough to not sound just like a crazy person see now i don't know if he is a jackass i i think i don't know what was the phrase he's he's not he's so he definitely has some sort of mental illness it's yeah. possibly bipolar disorder, according to him. Yeah. I, I don't know if we actually know that for sure, and I don't think we ever will. But mm-hmm. is he a jerk, or is he a, a, a sick person now? Can you be both? You can. Yes. <laughs> He's definitely a sick person, for sure. And it's definitely appeared more and more, but... Yeah. At this point, he was still considered... A jerk and less sick. This was after real. his uh, his Taylor West thing. Uh, sorry, uh, Taylor Swift thing, right? No, I no. think it was right before that. I think uh, it was in two thousand nine. Yes. Yeah, so oh, so okay. That. So yeah, he's a jerk. Okay, he's a jerk. Yeah. All right. So this is where he started being wild. Um, Alright, just continuing the, you know, list of great featured artists. A lot of good ones in here. Kid Cudi, Raekwon, (laughs) Jay-Z, Rick Ross, uh, Nicki Minaj, Bon Iver. Starting his collaborations with... Yeah, so uh, there's a Bon Iver song, Lost... Wait... Up in the Woods, I think, or In the Woods, maybe. On this album? No, it was like a song that Bon Iver released, and apparently Kanye West really liked it and sampled the whole song, and that, that's called Lost in the Woods. It starts the same as the Bon Iver song, and then gets, like, remixed. It's really, it's interesting. Lost in the World? Oh, yeah, Lost in the World, sorry. Okay. It's sampling the song Woods. Uh, so who else we got? John Legend, uh, Jay Z, RZA, uh, Beyonce, Beyonce, Charlie Wilson, and Big Sean. Yeah, it's a pretty good song. I, iTunes bonus track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking, I'm looking at the track list. I haven't listened to this album in a long time, but I remember when it came out, and Power was everywhere. All of the lights was everywhere. Yeah. Those are some good songs. This also said... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying, it really makes you sad that he doesn't come out with good stuff. I know. It was really... This was, like, the peak. I was going to say, also, not listed on here, but Chris Rock is on this. Really? Yeah. Uh, He's on the song... Which one is it? I think it's... Wait. 
can't remember which one it is. It's the one where, uh, I'll just tell you. Blame game. Huh. That's interesting because right. Con- Kanye started the the societal movement that led to Will Smith punching Chris Rock on stage. Or That's true. Chris Rock on That's stage. true. That's true. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, power was big. Um, all the lights was also big, I think. Yeah. That also has Rihanna, although it's not listed here, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, I think Monster is is a really good song. It's funny. Um, best thing that Nick, Nicki Minaj has ever done, in my opinion, is her one verse on Monster. That's really good. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, so, so many of these songs are good. I think my... <laughs> My favorite song is Runaway. Really? It's going to be the top, yeah. In terms of, like, uh, trying to be cool and pick, like, a deep song, uh, it's, a, it's a song where he says, let's have a toast for the douchebags, toast for the assholes, toast for the scumbags, blah, blah, blah. So he's basically saying he's all of those things. So he's an interesting gentleman. Yeah. I think we were talking about this a little bit last episode, but man, tortured souls make some great music. It's true. Yeah. Um, I'll just also note some of the samples are like weird stuff. Um, so some things, you know, okay. So Iron Man is <laughs> sampled, uh, in hell of a life. Aphex twin is sampled, which is really weird. Uh, you got Gil Scott Heron. We already said uh, Bon Iver. Um, what else? Uh, King Crimson, which is like a 70s um, prog rock band. Oh, we should add that to our list for our eventual episode about bands that feature yeah. King in the name. Yeah. So in Power, I think it's one 21st Century. Uh, uh, yeah, that's King Crimson. That's the, yeah, it's a song called 21st Century Schizoid Man. <laughs> Oh wait, I've heard that. I've heard of that song at least. Yeah. I mean, there's some like crazy stuff that he's like Gene Clark is like psychedelic, like country music from the '60s. Like, <laughs> there's some crazy stuff that he samples. And it's pretty amazing. You gotta respect that he has all these different influences and uh, incorporates them and and puts them out in in his own style. Yeah, and it makes me wonder, like, how much of it is him getting these versus producers? Because I know he started as a producer. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that matters. Um, I mean, I, I guess it it technically matters, but in terms of uh, the product, you know, we're we're talking about this twelve years later. It right. Didn't matter if it was Kanye or his producer, if it ended up under Kanye's name and Kanye approved. The, yeah. thing, the idea that the producer brought to him. I agree. And, you know, that's yeah, that's his thing, right? Yeah. Also, I didn't know this, but uh, the song All of the Lights features Piano by Elton John. Fun fact. I did not know that either. Wow, very oh. um, <laughs> eclectic group of collaborators for this album. Also, additional vocals by Alicia Keys and Drake. I think just background vo- vocals. Is Jack White on there? 
<laughs> Probably. Or the or the black keys. Oh. Um. Yeah, it's great. Check it out if you haven't already. Is Lucius left foot on it? No. Damn. He's not. These are neck and neck, though. All right. What do you got? Early, early tiny times. Yeah. Um. All right. So next on my list, and I, I think this is still in chronological order, but I'm not 100 percent sure. This might be worse. As long as it's using. like sort of. I mean, it also doesn't have to be. So next, I have MGMT's Little Dark Age on my list. Ooh. Have you listened to this? Uh, I have. It's really good. I, oh yeah, this this is not chronological. This is 2018. I was going to say, I thought that was a lot later. Yes. I think um, you're thinking of Congratulations. No, Congratulations was 2009. Maybe it's earlier. Oh, um, really? Yeah, MGMT was 2013, which is a great album on its own. Maybe oh, that's sorry. Why, yeah, maybe that's why it was like this at this point in my list because I was looking at MGMT stuff. But um, MGMT has uh, on that album itself it has introspection, a good sadness, and alien days, which are really good songs. But um, Little Dark Age is to me their better album of that of this ten year period compared to MGMT. It just had more songs that uh, that sounded original. It sounded like they weren't trying too hard. Little yeah. Dark Age is, is a great song. When You Die is a great song. Me and Michael, Days That Got Away. And then yeah. She she Works Out Too Much is a really interesting song. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know if it's good, but it's, it's original. It definitely caught my eye or yeah. ear the first time. I, I remember about the, like, hearing... Maybe maybe this is why I chose this album over the 2013 MGMT album. They have uh, one of their albums. They uh, rented out a mansion, I think, and just invited a bunch of people over. And for a while, a couple of weeks, they were just I think doing drugs and just like uh, in, getting influences, and then recording sometimes. And th- to me, that. I think that was MGMT in 2013. This this may all be wrong, but uh, at least in my head, that's that's what it was, and that seems more like trying to force an album. Yeah. Like oh, it's been a couple years. I'm supposed to release an album now, and I think the 2013 MGMT album was not received as well as mm-hmm. uh, as their yeah, original their original one. Congratulations was received really poorly, I think. But it's actually really good. Yeah, really good. It was um, not as easy to get into as the, the first one is so easy to get into. Yeah, yeah, the first one was like really poppy and uh, you know it's it's a great album. It has kids, but uh, yeah. But the Little Dark Age is it's it seems like a more mature version of of MGMT. I, I, maybe it's a cheat code to to me liking an album. Is it just like talks about mortality and the purpose of life, and and also has like good beats. And to me, that's enough to be like, ah, this is a fun album. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that Ariel Pink helped write "When You Die." I didn't know that either. Weird. But it makes sense. And he did a lot on this, or at least on she. Also, he did helped with she works out too much which also makes sense oh man i remember 
Ariel, yeah, this does kind of sound like, like Ariel Pink. Um, I don't like Ariel Pink these days. <laughs> what, just because he supported the storming of the Capitol? Yep. Actually, he was there. Was he really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he wasn't, he was at the rally. Uh, but he Ariel did Pink. not, he did not go into the Capitol. One of the things that uh, has happened in the last, I don't know, since probably the storming of the Capitol and the pandemic is that so many people who, you know, you could like, if only they would shut the fuck up, <laughs> you just have to like not like, at least me. I, I feel like, like if I li- Ariel Pink, um, mm-hmm. for one, Azalea Banks, 212 is a great <laughs> song. Oh, that girl is crazy. For me, like, a long time ago, she has, like, her craziness has far outweighed <laughs> one one song. Like, yeah, one yeah. pop song that's among a sea of many. Sure. And all the rest of her music kind of sucks. It does. Um, M.I.A., very recently, in the last... Oh, really? I didn't day, know. In the last couple of days... She uh, she made a comment about the Alex Jones verdict, how he owes a billion dollars to the San Diego oh, families. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, well, then shouldn't all the celebrities who pushed vaccines have to pay us also for being whatever? And it's just the point. Like, oh, I, first of all, that's a stupid argument. Second of all, you also had one song many years ago that was popular and haven't done much to, to keep up with that popularity since then. So shut yeah, that's, up. That's kind of true. Um, who else? R. Kelly, of course. I don't think you can ever listen to Ignition again without being like, oh no, child abuse. I take a certain... I don't take a stand. I would just say, this is not... Why are people reevaluating this now when people knew about this for a long time? Like... Don't you I remember don't the Chappelle Show sketch? No, I don't think I did. That was from like like almost twenty years ago. There's a sketch. There's a sketch where he does uh, famous celebrities on trial. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was R. Kelly. Oh, really? And he played R. Kelly, and he's like, "How do you even know that I, you know, urinated on this girl?" They're like, there's a video of you doing it, <laughs> and it showed. <laughs> It showed a girl, like, getting peed on. <laughs> like, how do you even know her age? Because she had her driver's license held up to her face oh, with her date of birth <laughs> as you were urinating on her. Oh, God. You gotta look that up. But that was, that was like, in 2007. So, I mean, that's I don't know. Maybe that says something about me that I saw that sketch and still listened to the remix to Ignition. No, they're, they're, they're catchy songs. <laughs> Whatever. They're catchy songs. I I don't know. There's there's probably a middle ground somewhere, but right now, after he's been convicted, I What's feel like ground? I don't know. Like separating, a compromise. separating the art from the music. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. I'm not I'm not mature enough to do that. Because also, every time you play the music on Spotify, you're giving him money. Yep. Have you uh, seen him? Uh, he like from prison will sing messages to prisoners like family 
Like, I think that's how he stays in the... He gets on people's good side. Oh, my God. He'll, he'll like, sing to them. Anyway. Anyways, that's a little dark about R. Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Did you mention TSL AMP as one on your top songs? From, sure, from from Little Dark Age? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think I did. I think that's my favorite song from this. Really? Yeah, time spent looking at my phone. <laughs> um I will I will re listen to it. I it I think this is overall a pretty solid album. I think in my in my head that was one of their weaker songs on this, but you know, I also haven't heavily listened to this probably in a couple of years yeah now i want to re-listen to it too um to me this is i think it's a really good I, they've only come out with four albums and they haven't yeah. done anything since then yeah i think it's their third best but i think the other two are really really good and this is also really good Oh no! You know what I just realized? What? Congratulations came out in two thousand ten. Ah, <laughs> March twentieth, two thousand ten. I, I thought it. it was two thousand nine. Oh no! Well, I blew it. I blew it. We could talk about that too. Congratulations is a better album than Little Dark Age, but Little Dark Age is great. Congratulations is amazing, though. Congratulations is. Uh, is one of the foundational albums for me. Oh, wow, it turns out 2010 had a lot of foundational albums yeah. for me. Brian Eno, Congratulations, I Found a Whistle, Flash Delirium, Song for Dan Tracy, yeah, It's Working, Someone's Missing. Pretty much everything on here besides Siberian Breaks, I listen to <laughs> a lot. Siberian Breaks is just weird. Yeah. And hurts my ears. <laughs> uh, I can't believe that I did that. April 13th, 2010. Yeah, we talked about three-fourths of the MGMT albums on this. But if I had to pick one for the top ten albums of the decade, it's congratulations. Yeah. Should I split this episode into two parts? Before the pee break and after the pee break? Or something. like uh, It's pretty easy to split into chunks because of the way we structured it. Yeah. All right, well, tune in next episode for the second half of the best of the 2010s. Why would you fill the pretzels with peanut butter? It makes it better. For protein? It's very addicting. Now, almond butter, I don't, it's not the same.